We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome on into another edition of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. It is yet another on location edition, a podcast takeover, if you will. And we are at the second location of Byerlick Brewing, which is on uh, Northeast Halsey and 60th. Their original location is on Southeast 11th. This is my first time at either of their locations. And uh, so far, I'm digging it. It's been it's been cool so far. Yeah, this is my first time here at Bear Lake on the, uh, what, what do we call it here, the Barley Pod yes. uh, here on Halsey. Uh, I've been a big fan of the spot on 11th. Um, it's a little easier accessible for me just for my drive. And uh, as you know, listening to this, I'm the curmudgeon old man that's like, who needs new locations? I like the old spot. <laughs> Why are you changing things? Well, so this is my first time at any of them. But if the listeners remember, the first beer of the week on the podcast, episode one, was the Barlick Brewing New Noise IPA. Yeah. You brought that in for us. Yeah, it was Barlick's New Noise. Um, Sorry, I'm going to mispronounce it a lot because it looks like Barlick to me. Yeah, no, say Barlick. Um, like, just remember, does a Barlick in the woods. Yes. That's, that's their phrase here. Okay. Um, Easy enough, Barlick. I've, I've always been such a huge fan bear of this. Barlick. I've always <laughs> been such a huge fan of this brewery. Um, I truly feel that uh, I think these guys... With Ben and Rick at the helm making beers, and you know we're going to bring Eldon on a little later in sales and distribution stuff like that. Why I are there so many Ben brewmasters? I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Lombard House did a Ben Fest the other day. It's this little, it's this little uh, beer bar on Lombard, kind of yeah. near St. John's, where they had like six different Bens there who were all brewmasters, <laughs> and they all brought beer. I don't know what it is. It must be a beer thing. Uh, but with Ben and Rick at the helm, and, you know, like I said, we'll bring Eldon on a little bit. I, I think this brewery, you know, despite being one of the smaller ones, I think these guys are on a path to really be a force to reckon with in this town. I think the beer they make is super solid. Um, I think the people they have behind it are also great supporters of the community. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see what this brewery is like in five years. Why? So two things you just said there, right? Good beer, good people. But... What is it that's going to take this brewery to the next step in your mind in terms of being recognized more across the Portland scene? Well, I think I think they've got it for the most part right now in in the beer scene. Like if if you're in the know, you know, if if you are constantly searching for for new beers and new breweries, those those people know they've got that. I think these guys just need some time, some time and some growth. Get some more barrel production out and get it more in the streets and. You know, you can find all their stuff in, in bottle shops, you know, but once once they get to grocery stores, they might be in grocery stores right now. I'm not sure. I don't buy a whole lot of beer at grocery stores. But I think I think there's two things. One, it's just getting enough out to the market without having too much in the market. And then also, with any brewery, they need a little bit of luck, too. You know, I, I know that whether, whether it's winning an award at GABF or, or, you know, just being the coolest brewery, pub atmosphere experience to go to you do need a little luck you do need a little uh, notoriety out there people to kind of understand who you are and say 
not just not just oh yeah i live on i live off halsey and there's this brewery right by my house that i like to go to we've talked about this previously right that those survive whether they make good or bad beer but once people start saying i'm going to drive to 11th i'm going to drive to halsey because i'm feeling like Berlick right now that's the kind of that's the push that every smaller brewery needs to make before we get too deep into uh Berlick itself reminder radio.com iTunes, Google Play, and on social media, at MikeNish27 for me on Twitter, Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. That's where you can find the podcast every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Subscribe to it, rate us, review us. We appreciate all of them that we've gotten so far. And feel free to reach out to us on social media as well. Let us know what you're drinking, what you think of the podcast, etc. Last week's episode I thought was a blast, the OG beer episode. So much fun. And I got a couple of comments already that it was one of their favorite episodes. It, I knew it once we finished it. I was like, this episode was awesome. And it's so funny because we're always trying to do stuff that's like new and innovative, what's trendy. Let's, yeah. You know, we, we were out at Grains of Wrath, episode two. It's like, ah, oh, here's this new brewer. We got to check out what's cool. It's really fun to go back and look at that old stuff because anyone can relate to it. You know, everyone's had a Widmer Hef. Everyone's had a Blackview Porter. If you've been to McMinimins, you've had a Ruby, blah, 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 blah. That was really, really fun. Well, and from that podcast, my wife was was even like, I haven't tried the Ruby Red, and I love raspberries, oh. so I need to try that beer. Oh, yeah. Well, I know where you can buy it. Yes. <laughs> and I, hopefully for other people who maybe didn't have any of the classics, or maybe there was one that they've always skipped because they're like, ah, I don't need to have that one. I can have it in another time. They can go, oh, I can try that one too. Yep. So subscribe, rate, review. really appreciate it. And uh, keep listening every single Thursday at 4. But Bear Lake Brewing, second location, Northeast Halsey and 60th. The first thing that stands out before we get to the beer, before we get to the location, is this is becoming more common, but is still something that's interesting to me. Having a brewery or a brewery location centered in between a ton of food trucks. It's amazing. And the only food option are the food trucks. Yes. The beer is all here. The food is all in the trucks. There's, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, set like eight or nine uh, trucks around this building right here. It's its own pod. And the brewery smack dab right in the middle. There's an entire outdoor section that's covered in tents with picnic tables. We're not outside right now because it was thunderstorming when we got here. It is it is raining. It buckets. is raining today. And uh, I think that's a really, really cool thing. That's something that, as someone who likes food at breweries, and we've talked about this, mm -hmm. I would not choose a place like this initially because I want to try that brewery's food. Right. But... This was a really cool experience to go and try some of the food and have it with the beer here. Well, if you look at it from a business perspective, it's 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 actually a genius idea, you know, because especially in this town where food carts are, are so prominent and so well-respected and, like, for my money, the go-to, the best food in this town. People, people have started to realize that Portland has amazing food. And for me, my favorite food in Portland comes out of a little truck on a corner somewhere. And that's better than sitting down in a five-star restaurant and paying, you know, $40 a plate. I just had an ahi poke tuna bowl, and it was amazing, and it cost me $12. I know. I had and a I, hot I, and spicy fried chicken sandwich yeah. and some, like, blue cheese fries. Yeah, yeah. It was delicious. And I feel like if I wanted that that, that poke bowl, I got to go somewhere, and I'm paying $20, $25. Bucks. And it, it's so great. And as a business model, what's really great, especially in a smaller brewery that's, you know, I don't want to call these guys upstart because I think they're established, but a, a smaller progressive brewery. Um, not to have to deal with a the brewery kitchen. on the rise. A brewery on the rise. Well, I like mm. that. Um, to not have to deal with building a kitchen, staffing, food costs. Like the overhead on that is so ridiculous that when you are a brewery the size of Berlick, it's it's the smarter move to do this now. Does their first location have food? No. So it's just 
a tap room. Yep. Do they have the food cart situation there, or is that unique to here? They do not. It's unique to here. Cool. So that's an interesting part, and we can talk about this with Eldon a little bit later in the interview, too. But picking this location specifically with already a food cart pod here that had a couple of trucks that's now grown, even more ingenious. Yeah. Because it just attracts more people. And if they're going to one of the food carts and they see, oh, there's beer inside? Right. Bang, bang, you get both both crowds. Well, plus you almost have a, a built-in safety net that this is the only indoor area here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if I'm going to order food and I don't want to sit outside, let's say it's like today and it's pouring rain. I don't want to sit outside and eat this food. I'll just go in here. Oh, what's this? Oh, they got beer on tap? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll have a beer with my food. Boom, genius. Because most people would have a beer with their food. Well, because I mean, we're in Portland. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have a beer for breakfast. But <laughs> Shower I was, beer? I was watching Manchester United Everton this morning, and uh, I might have had a beer. Hmm. Well, it's a Sunday. That's okay. Yeah. That's allowed. Yeah. If you, I was watching Red Zone this morning. I did not have a beer because I knew I was coming out here today, but. Um, I just needed a beer to feel better. Because it was the hair of the dog situation? Yeah, 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 well, go Cougs. <laughs> go Cougs, indeed. <laughs> so that's the food situation here. I saw there's a poke truck, there's a fried chicken truck, there's a burger truck, there's a waffle sandwich truck, there's a Chinese-slash-Asian food truck, there's a Hawaiian-Korean truck. I saw a Thai spot, too, there's a Thai that's truck. doing, like, Pad Ki Mao and, and Pad Thai and all that kind of classic so stuff. So whatever you want here... It's available for you food-wise oh. before you even try the beer. Mm -hmm. So definitely make it out here and just try the myriad of different food trucks they have. Yeah, and it's great because not everybody is in the same mood for something. You know, you go to a brewery and they do, you know, classic burgers, fries, sandwiches. Who would not be in the mood for those things? <laughs> well, I like that stuff, but <laughs> I heard a poke bowl was out there and I was like, oh, I'm going to eat that. So beer-wise... I'm just looking up at the tap list. They've got a couple of darks on right now, which is right in my happy place. They've got Speaking two Imperial Stouts, uh, Father Midnight and Night Howler. They also have a black IPA that's coming up soon uh, called Dark Thoughts. But they've also got a lot of things right up your alley as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've got a Mosaic Lager. They've got a what they're calling the November Fest, which might be coming back later on the podcast. Hint, hint. Yeah, they got a Vienna IPA, which I know you were going to try eventually. Yeah, I'm trying to slam this beer so I can go get one of those Vie one of those <laughs> Vienna IPAs. Well, Vienna Malt, Vienna Lagers is one of my absolute favorite styles. If oh, you listen, I know. If you listen to this podcast, I'm a, I'm a staunch IPA drinker. I always have been. I always will be. Uh, but there's something about that Vienna Malt in the Vienna Lager that just screams my name. And I've never had a Vienna malt-driven IPA, so I am so jacked to try this beer. Well, I did a little bit of a, a couple of samplers when we first got here, and I tried their Scottish Ale, the Good Guys Wear Plaid. I tried the Mosaic Lager, the Game Time Decision, the East Side Oatmeal Pilsner, uh, and uh, the Father Midnight, and the November Fest, and all delicious. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised by how much I liked the East Side Pilsner because, as you know me, yep. Pilsners and light beers, not my forte, but that one was so smooth and easy drinking. I've been and drink I really like the Scottish Ale, too. I knew you'd like the Scottish Ale. Um, I've been drinking Eastside Pilsner for a while. It's one of their core brands. You'll see it in package um, when it comes. It, the stuff I've seen mostly in package is the Eastside Pilsner, the New Noise IPA, if you remember uh, episode one. Yes. Uh, Dad Beer, which I've talked about on this program many times. Uh, and then they, they put out one that the, the Rose City Park Pale Ale was really good. I enjoyed that. That was canned as well. Uh, the Nice and Easy Goza. I'm not a Goza drinker, but from what I hear from people that do like Gozas, that they've really enjoyed that. You that can kind find of beer that, terrifies me. Yeah, you can find that around as well. And then now in package, yeah, Dark Thoughts just hit the streets and Night Howler, Howler hit the streets all in 16-ounce cans. Um, go find it. 
it, it, they just make good beer here. What's your go-to then? Like, what's what's your number one beer from here? Well, my number one beer was Early Bird, but I guess they don't want to make that beer anymore. <laughs> as Eldon's <laughs> laughing at me right now, uh, Early Bird was my introduction to Berlick. Um It was a hoppy pale ale that they packaged for a while. They were they used to do uh, 500 mil bottles, um, and then they switched to cans. And uh, the Early Bird was something I really loved. And if I couldn't get Early Bird, I drink the New Noise. So that was my go-to. New Noise is usually my go-to here. Um, Dad beer is creeping, creeping up um, just because it's so clean and so easy to drink, especially a cold, hot day. A cold beer on a hot a day cold, is what hot I meant day? to say. <laughs> so it's good on every day. Well, today's kind of a cold, hot day. It's not that cold out. No. It's not that so warm So it's not either. a cold, hot day. Uh, maybe it's a hot, cold day. You're breaking my brain. I know, sorry. It's I'll too stop. early in the day for I'll this. I'll just quit. Um, one thing I did notice about all the ones that I've tried so far is all very easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Even the Imperial Stout, which you know sometimes can just be like, ha, like this is big, really, really strong, and yeah, you're going to get super sound. drunk really fast. It, it didn't feel like that to me. It was They were all smooth, easy drinking, obviously, that they all have their own individual flavors based on the beer style. But uh, every sip I took was like, oh, I want to go back for more. Oh, Ooh, piece of candy. Oh, I want to go back for more. And that's the one thing I kind of noticed that was the trend across all of them is mm-hmm. they're not trying to, like, smash you over the head with flavors. Yeah. They're saying, this beer is going to be good, and you're going to want a lot of it over and over again. And I think that that's the whole point is it's like find a style, whatever the style of beer you are making. Make sure it's accessible. Make sure it is approachable. Make sure it's something that you want that more word of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm serious about that. It's, it's like... Just because, you know, the last thing I want is to drink a beer and say, wow, that was amazing. I wouldn't get a second. I don't want that. Right. Like, I want beers that I can continuously go back to. Now, I understand if you're doing the Night Howler or the Father Midnight, you know, they're both, you know, 9%-ish. But I'm telling you, having having the Father Midnight, I did not drink it and go, ooh, that's a strong Imperial Stout. And I like them, so maybe I'm a little biased in that sense. But it was just, oh, cool this is a tasty stout i didn't feel like i had to take a break from taking a sip from it yeah and i understand you know if if something's high abv you don't want to drink too many of them because you'll get kind of you know loosey-goosey but uh that's That's not a problem come on (laughs) that's the whole idea is just make sure that it's something that i want to go back to and then location wise up here i kind of in my head i was thinking it's almost like the garage you want to hang out in on a sunday yeah that's kind of how it feels right here is is that not portland Oh, it's 100% mom. Portland. I live in my mom's garage, and we just happen to have beer on tap all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's two big sliding doors on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be frank, this location is the size of a, like a four-car garage. Yeah, yeah, it's not big. And it's just the bar with the taps up there, the tap list. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shared tables in here, and then obviously the outdoor seating we talked about a little bit earlier, but... It's just a small little cool place. And I can imagine, and we're here on a Sunday recording this podcast today, but I can imagine like on a weeknight, there's a couple regulars who come in here who live in the area, and it's just probably a really cool environment to drink a beer. Yeah, what's a Friday night like here? Well, I wasn't thinking Friday night. Again, I was thinking calm, chill, relaxed. Friday night, I can imagine, be a little bit of a party in here. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's great. Why not? Who doesn't want a party? It's not a negative thing. (laughs) I'm just saying that's not what I'm going to this place for. That's what I'm saying. If I lived in this area and it was a Tuesday night and I was like, oh, let me go get a beer at at Bear Lake. And it's like six other regulars are in here on a Tuesday night. And it's like, ah, we're in the garage. We're hanging out. There's music playing. What are we listening to today? 
It's it's cool. That's that's the whole idea. Is you just want a place to hang out. And I'll tell you what, if I lived in this neighborhood, I'd be here all day, every day. Are there other breweries in the city that kind of have a similar garagey feel to this one, or is this unique in your experience? Going to more than I have. Trying to think about it, I can't really think of anything. Um, the closest thing that comes to my mind in thinking about like a like a garagey kind of. I don't know, grungy kind of spot. Uh, the only thing I can think of is upright, but that's because they're in a basement, and it's like, <laughs> and it's you know, it's European style, you know, barrel aged stuff, and and that that screams a basement. But outside of that, not that I can really think of. So super unique too. Yeah, yeah. This is a one of a kind spot, and I hadn't, and I, I hadn't been out here before. Um, again, I saved it. I saved it for you guys. Aww. I saved it for everyone out there, and Mike, and Aww. blah blah blah. Well, thanks for saying me at all. I thought you just meant the listeners. I well, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, because if someone's <laughs> like, hey, let's go to Bear Lake, and you're like, I'm already parked outside of 11th. I'm right there already. That's normally where I'd go, so it was really fun to come out here. What is what is that location like, just for those who maybe are not coming all the way out here but want to go to Bear Lake at the, the original location? I'd say it's more of like a traditional tap room. Um, it's right there in the heart of what's becoming, I don't know, almost its own brewery blocks in that inner southeast spot because Cascade's right by there. Mo the New Modern Times is right there as well. Hair of the Dog is Hair there. Hair of the there. Dog is there and Bear Lick. Um, that's becoming its own little beer area as well. Just a really chill tap room. Probably a little more space than in here. Um, cool spot. Cool. Well, this is uh, the second location of Bear Lick Brewing. It is Northeast Halsey and 60th. We still have the Beer of the Week coming up, and you may have already caught the hint of what it's going to be. Uh, but coming up next, we do have our interview portion. It's Eldon Farlow. He is the sales and distribution and more. He says he wears many hats here. So we got a lot to talk to him about coming up next here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. It is time for the interview portion on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are out here on the podcast takeover this week at Barrelick Brewing's second location on Northeast Halsey and 60th. And we are joined by Eldon Farlow, sales and distribution and much more, you said. Much what, more. What's the much more? Let's let's start there. Well, we're a really small brewery. We're you know sub 3,000 barrels a year. And so there's a lot for the few of us that work there to do. Uh, most of that just has to do, especially now that we have a second location, with making sure the beer is supplied for both locations. Sorry, I you got to finish your sip there, Patrick. Sorry, I was drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eldon, I'll tell you this: what, what was the idea behind building a second location? Like, what made you guys say now's the time? You know, the, the spot on Eleventh is doing well. The, the name in in the town is doing well. What what was the idea behind opening up number two? Really, just uh, trying to meet capacities, so we can spread our beer out there wholesale as far and wide as we like. We have a decent name and a decent brand and people want the beer. But for us, of course, food is a big mm -hmm. part. At our original location, we don't have food. We had ranch pizza delivered to us. We were one of the lucky few that got ranch pizza all the time. They're now brick and mortar and so that went away from us. We can have people order in, but it's just a normal thing that if you have food, more beers drank. Yeah. Is that why you chose this location in particular? Because this pod existed kind of before you picked this brewery right no, no no it didn't okay no this was an empty lot for a while previous to us i think it was like a doggy daycare coffee type place and uh it was definitely closed down and people living by the back shed and needles everywhere portland yeah. portland yay <laughs> but uh yeah we, we came in and cleaned it up and we really just wanted food and this is a very underserved neighborhood you've got a couple you know liquor bars around you've got a couple sports bars but there's nothing for the true craft beer drinker in this neighborhood and truth be known, there's a whole bunch of craft beer 
industry owners and workers that live in this neighborhood. Yeah, you, we, we were talking about that, and uh, a good friend of ours, we won't name this person just because, you know, for, for privacy reasons, but uh, you were saying that they live here, and it was like, oh, right, every time they tell me where they live, I forget. So that's funny. Why not open up a beer spot in a neighborhood where a bunch of beer people live? Yeah. You know, and if you make a solid product, of course they're coming down. And if they happen to own, I don't know, say a bottle shop or a bar, how easy is it to get your beer in there? <laughs> right, right, yeah, it makes it a little easier. Uh, I saw you really drunk on Friday night at, at the Barley Pod. Can you, why don't you buy a couple kegs from us? <laughs> <laughs> so compared to the first location, so it's a second location, so it's a different group of people generally. What are the food carts doing? Because I mentioned in the first segment there's like eight or nine food carts around here. What are they doing that you're noticing that's different in terms of drawing in clientele compared to the first location? Is it drawing in a lot more? Is it drawing in a different type of person? A combination of both? Combination of both. This has uh, really become a very family-oriented area. We get a lot of people walking in here. Our first location is in Lads Edition, and we get a lot of people walking in there as well. But this is just a spot. They can come here, get food. They can get lunch. They can get dinner here and have a beer at the same time. When a place has just kind of bring in your own or delivery only, it really limits those options because you don't really want to go to a place with the intent of I've got to stop somewhere else first. Right. And that tends to happen a lot. And so here, it's going to be your one-stop shop. You want you want a beer and food, you're good to go. Is there a plan in the future as you guys continue to grow to ever put your own kitchen in either of the places or a future third location if that's even a thought process? Or are you liking this model of food carts bring it inside, have a beer with us, and, and the combination of it. The model works great for us. I mean, it's nothing that we'd ever completely keep off of the table, but for now, this is great, and I wouldn't mind repeating this again in the future. It's it, it's amazing to me. I mean, it's the smartest move. I was we were, we were talking earlier, and food carts, you know, to me, this town is known for its food, uh, and some of the best food that I have in this town comes from a little truck outside of somewhere. Like, I live in North Portland, so I hit the Mississippi uh, food cart pod right there with like Matt's barbecue and all that kind of stuff. They have sushi burritos over there. Mm. Um, so it's I like, see those on Facebook all the yeah, time. Yeah, so it's That'd like 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 food carts have the best have the best idea. And I was and we were saying earlier, it's just like you don't have to deal with the kitchen, you don't have to deal with the overhead, the staff, the scheduling, all that nightmare that comes with it. I really like this concept. I think it's great. I think it's very, very, very Portland. Um, and I, I I I can't believe I haven't been here yet. Well, now you're here. Yeah, I know. Now we're here. I'm just going to come a lot. So you guys are self-distributed, correct? Correct. I know so little about distribution. So the whole thing in the podcast, if you haven't heard any of them, is he is the expert. He's the industry expert. I'm not the expert. He's the industry expert. All right, I know. And I'm the, the beer drinker novice guy who's learning as I go. And I know so little about distribution. So what are the strengths and what are the challenges of having self-distribution compared to someone who uses a an outside company to do the, the shipping for them or the, the distribution for them. Sure. Well, keeping the financial out of the conversation completely, the strengths are the same as the weaknesses. It's We control where all of our beer goes. And that's really important to us. We're very family-driven. We want to make sure that we're in the best spots. We want to make sure we're in the coolest spots. But we also want to make sure that we're not in places where we don't want our beer. And I'll kind of keep those yeah. places out of the conversation as well. Right, but right. We, uh, we choose completely where our beer goes if we sign with the distributor we're hitting this random number say 60 people all of a sudden feed on the street selling our beer to everybody that will buy it we're not really big enough to do that there's a lot of breweries our size that are doing that 
and I don't know if it helps or hinders them, but we feel we can pay our salespeople, we can get our beer where we want it, we can pick and choose, and we know how much we have to sell at all times. Do you think that's part of a reason why you guys have such a great reputation in this town? That why not not only the quality of beer, but where you're able to find it? Do you think that has had a happy accident, or do you think that's intentional in the sense of like, we love Berelick because the message, quote unquote, is kind of controlled. I think that's I mean it. that in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I absolutely think that's it. Um, repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you do you think that do you think Berelick would be any different now had you not been able to self distribute? Say you did sign with a distributor. Do you think Berelick would not be as popular as it is now? Yes and no. I think that uh, slow growth has been kind of our motto. We want true growth in our system, not big flash in the pan. And so if we're, we saw, we've seen breweries over the years come in and just really splash our market and then kind of fade right back into the background. I don't want to say where they belong, but that's what happens. Yeah. And we've been able to have our growth to be true growth every year. We were able to get uh, the Oregon Oregon Beer Awards Small Brewery of the Year, followed by the Oregon Beer Awards Medium Sized Brewery of the Year. And that has everything to do with where we're placing our beer and who our friends are. Mm-hmm. You know, within the industry itself, we have a very good reputation. Eldon Farlow, Barrelick Brewing, uh, sales and distribution and more. And so you, so you went from small to medium already in the, in the uh, awards category. Mm-hmm. So growth, it's growing. Is the self distribution idea. Will, will it last if you grow even bigger and bigger? Or are you going to have to bite the bullet and say, well, we've got, we have to go to so many more places and we have so many more beer to give out that you have to then go to another distributor? We're pretty lucky that I think we can stay self-distributed. We've got some really good um, game plans that are already in place by, that we've seen by other breweries. Uh, just to put it right out there on the table, Block 15 has done a fantastic job. They're still with it. They're still with it. They're self-distributing. Alti has made one of the best teams out there in our region and one of the best beer regions in the world. And it's not a motto we'll follow like a map, Yeah. but being able to see what they did and know the potential is there, there's no reason for us to even consider a distributor at this point. That's so awesome. I think it's so cool. And you, you nailed that spot on. Like Block 15, they've been self-distributed. What are they, 10 years old now? I think and, so. And they make fantastic beer just like you guys do, and they're able to sustain it. I would love to see that model continue. And I think you nailed it right on the head when you said we're able to kind of control where our beer goes. That it, It's something like when people talk to me about like big beer and, and breweries that end up selling themselves, Like I always say you can still make the money you need to make and have the reputation you want by just putting the work in. And I and I love hearing that from you that that we can we can self-distribute ourselves and we can still be just as great no matter how much barrelage we're making. Exactly. Speak. I mean it so- it sounds great to me. It's you control everything. Yeah. It's all under one roof. You don't have to worry about someone who doesn't care about your ideals or doesn't care about the company or any of that and they're doing their own thing. It's everyone is internal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would just create a, a great atmosphere to want to work in too. Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Uh, I we, we kind of mentioned you mentioned this earlier with small brewery and mid-sized brewery of the year at the uh, Oregon Beer Awards. Uh, did you go to the Oregon Beer Awards last year? I did. Yeah. Do you remember it? Uh, half yeah. of it. <laughs> uh, it was so. I've I've always loved you guys. I've always been a big fan of this brewery. And and Rick swings by my tap room all the time. And I've been fortunate enough to know him for a while. Uh, 
But I remember rolling in to the Oregon Beer Awards and looking at you guys, and you guys were like children running around, smiles. Like it was recess on a Friday. You know what I mean? You guys were the happiest most pleasant drunks at the whole S show that that thing was. <laughs> and it was at that moment where I was like, you know, I knew I always liked those guys. And everyone saw it. You guys were intoxicating. You know, everyone's sitting there. Intoxicated and intoxicating. <laughs> different breweries are winning awards, but it's every time. Oh, there's those Barrelick guys winning another award, and they're just hugging everyone. And <laughs> Oh, God. That was when I knew that you guys were really onto something. And speaking of that, it reminded me because you guys stuck out because everyone's wearing uh, denim vests. Denim vests, that's so, our thing. So tell me about these denim vests. I have to know this. We do a denim vest Friday, and it's uh, really easy. What you do is you get yourself a denim coat, and you take the sleeves off. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they're all... <laughs> <laughs> and they're all decorated. You guys got like different patches and pins and all this kind of stuff. So Everyone see what you do is you go and buy some patches and pins and, and you put them put on, them on, yeah, on yeah. the coat before you rip the arms off or after you rip the arms off. So I did after, mm. and I think it's the way to go. Okay, but we are open to interpretation. <laughs> good, 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 good. There's a there, there's a guy who works here, Dane. He's he's a bartender at at this at this location, or I think he might bounce between both. Bounce I, between uh, both. Bounce yep. between both. Uh, Dane's a good friend of mine, and he was telling me, he was like, you got to get on that denim vest Friday. And I was like, I don't work for Barrelick. He goes, it's a beer thing. Everyone <laughs> should do it. Everybody should do it. If we can make every brewery wear denim vest Friday, oh, God. that's a victory. It's going to turn into Greece, Portland all I know, of a sudden. I know, I know. And I'm not a denim vest kind of guy, but he made me think, oh, I should probably get a denim vest. <laughs> I absolutely am not a denim vest guy in my previous life to Barrelick. Uh <laughs> But I wouldn't go a Friday without it at this point. So I mentioned it in the first segment. The one thing I noticed that was the same across all your beers is they were also approachable. Even the really strong flavored ones, it was like uh, really easy to go back and get a drink of. What is the mission statement, if you will, for lack of a better term, of, of Barrel League Brewing? Like what, what do you guys want to put out there to the public or to the market that's like, this is us. This is why we're Barrel League Brewing. We're just looking to make really solid beers. We like to have a beer that will fit every tap on that tap list, uh, some very traditional styles. And we also have to like very traditional styles with a little bit of a twist. Uh, I think a couple of us right now are drinking Game Time Decision. All it's, of us right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice lager. Mine's empty. Mm. Nice lager, and we uh, dry hop it with some mosaic hops that we got our hands on, and it turned out to be just a beautiful, delicious beer. And it's a style that really is approachable by any beer drinker across the board. Uh, it's all craft beer's goal to really get the big beer drinker turned on to the craft beer. And we make, we feel, beers no matter where your palate's at, if it's bitter, if it's sweet, if it's sour, whatever. Well, I've been known to honk on this show about dad beer. We did, uh, we did that podcast about how to introduce people into craft beer, and dad beer would be one of the first beers. Absolutely. One of the first beers I go to. So what right now is flying off the tap, and what's coming up really soon that people can expect from, from Barrel Lake to see soon? Uh, we're actually trying to fill that hole that's missing in the Portland market of Imperial Stout in a can. Look at this guy. <laughs> should, I, should I step away for a moment and let you guys have a, have a minute? Yes. <laughs> if you could see okay, my face right, right now, I'm, I'm setting, so happy. I'm setting, I'm setting the headset down. <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, yeah, so we just put out our Night Howler Imperial Stout um, as soon as we got it into a couple places. 
we of course have a very limited batch size so i had to really kind of spread it out thoughtfully as to who got what mm. and how many people could have and i was getting calls the very same day of delivery with people asking for more so it's it's an obvious hole in the market and it's just going to fly it just so happens that we're getting into the colder rainier season as well so it's an obvious choice we'd really love to see next summer those beers go going just as fast as they are now i that's a great point i don't think I've seen any Imperial Stouts in cans ever. Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. I mean, I don't really drink the style a whole lot, but I am at bottle shops a lot. I'm trying to think. The only yeah. thing that comes close in my head is the Heretic Hazelnut Porter, but it's not a stout. It's not an Imperial Stout. Yeah. That was just my first thought was, well, that's in cans, yeah. but that's it. That's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't think of it either. And that's actually such a great model. Great idea. Yeah. Like, fill the hole. Plug the hole. Dark Thoughts is, is out now, and that's a black IPA, and it, it's almost like the bastard style of beer that nobody wants to make. You go to these hoppy breweries and they're like, yeah, we do hoppy beers. Oh, do you do a CDA Black IPA? They're like, no. <laughs> no. Like, Why not? People kind of fell off that train a little bit yeah. early. And mm. I mean, maybe for good reason. There were some poor examples of it out in the market. Yep. We really, uh, But there's some really good ones. There too. are some really good ones. We feel we've nailed this style. And as long as we keep it limited to once or twice a year and just kind of splash it out there, we, we keep those drinkers looking for it. And that's what we really want. What's uh? How many barrels are you guys going to do this year? Should be just under 3,000. Under 3,000? Um, is that a lot? Little? I have no idea. 3,000 uh, 3, is little, I mean, in, okay. in, com- in comparison to other things. Right. I mean, I'm just remember. Deschutes does like 175,000 barrels, <laughs> okay. 225,000 barrels a year. Of I mean, a type even, of beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, even Breakside does, does 30. We're going to do 30 this year, and we're going to try to push push a little bit past that. So three is three's not much, but I think it's just enough, right? It really is. Like you guys are happy at that size right now. We are happy at this size, and we'll, we'll continue growing. We bought more tanks this year. We just yeah. brought in a 40-barrel fermenter, so and we'll put that to you. or something like that. And, and we'll see. That'll, that'll, I think, take years to go at this point. Yeah. We're, we're at a pretty good spot where we can kind of hit the capacity of our brew house, keep that rolling, distribute that much beer, and still have it all exactly where we want it. Eldon Farlow, Barrelick Brewing. You down to stick around for beers on a, or Beer of the Week next, I mean? Of course. Cool. Do you know what we're doing? No, because we changed our mind, and <laughs> now we don't know. So I that'll mean, be. I didn't mean that. You were like, do you want to stick around for beers on us? I mean, beer of the week, and it's like, he's been here, Mike. <laughs> have you been here? <laughs> yes, I have been here. And beer of the week is next. We're not sure what it's going to be yet because we changed our mind already. That's next here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Final segment here on this edition of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. It is Beer of the Week, and uh, this week it was a game-time decision. We changed our mind three different times. Yeah, right. We're so ridiculous. And uh, it, did you did you miss the joke? No. This is the game-time decision beer. No, I love it. I'm a dad joke kid. <laughs> Remember. Uh, so this is the Beer of the Week. It is game-time decision. It is a mosaic lager, and I am as surprised as you, the listener, that I chose this beer because they left it up for me. Yeah, we went to we, we stopped the interview. We we chatted for a bit, and they were like, "Mike, you choose." And I was sitting there going, "Well, I don't know. I liked a lot of the beers here." And I was like, "I'm going to go with the Mosaic Lager because that one just stuck out to me." And that's our beer of the week this week. Well, we were going to do November Fest, right? Was that the beer we were? That going was the to first do? one because I thought it was delicious and a cool story. And all three of us got it first, mm-hmm. and then I tried the game time and went, "Wow, this is really good too." And all three of us also had a game time, <laughs> so. I, that's what we chose. Game time decision. Mosaic Lager. So, in this segment, Eldon, we do... There, He's teaching me how to taste beer. So, nose, front, middle, back end of the taste. 
I'm trying my best to be as descriptive as possible, but feel free to use your expertise and put me to shame. But uh, there's no shame in beer. We basically use this as a uh, as like a, a, a palate teaching. Like we use this to it, it. We say beer of the week, so we choose a beer that we really love. But realistically, what we're doing is we're talking about palates. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the front, the nose, the body, the middle, and then the back end and how it finishes. Um, so in I think when we first started this, it was kind of like, oh, what's the beer you had this week that was really good? And then the way Mike and I started talking about it was, okay, well, why do you like it? Is it just because it's got a cool can? That's not a good enough reason. Right. Was it because you were drunk and decided that this was my, I love that beer? No, no, no. Why do you like this? Well, but that's not always true, though, because the one time I walked into John's Marketplace and saw that Hub made a Cascadian Dark Hill and went, have to try, and then I brought that in for beer of the week. So we hadn't even tried it when Beer of the Week had started at that That's point. That's true. That's true. So you were the first one who took a sip. Yeah. Flavor me, Batman. Uh, well, for me, what I, what I get in this is it, it's the middle. It, it, it's the body and it's the back end for me. Um, if you listen to this podcast enough, you know that I think a lot of it has to do with because I'm an IPA drinker, the finish, the back end is my favorite part of my palate. I think it's the biggest thing that stands out to me. And... What is shouting its name at me is the word mosaic right now. Uh, all I taste in this is mosaic hops. It is the hoppiest lager I've probably ever had in my life. And as an IPA drinker, not saying no to that. This to me, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to declare this now, mosaic hops are my favorite hop. Mm. I had no idea. I, you know, I drank IPAs, I drank hoppy beers, but... There's been a couple of times now since we started the podcast that something has been mosaic hopped, mm-hmm. and every single time I've been like, "This is my jam." Well, you're, and this is why I picked this one as beer of the week because I'm pretty sure that's my favorite hop. You're not crazy on that, Mike. I mean, like whether it, whether it's people that are introductory into beer or people that are diehard beer people, mosaic is such a go-to for everyone. I would say mosaic and citra are the go-tos for everyone. And I would say Mosaic wins that wins that race mostly. What I really love about this beer, and Eldon, you might be able to touch on this, is this tastes almost to me like a fresh hop. There's so much Mosaic hop flavor in this that I almost forget how light and easy drinking the body is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Mosaic, we're able to, the way we do our dry hop, and really take care and taste it throughout the process as we do our fresh hop beers really allows us to get this beer exactly where we want it. So so you said mosaic is a good like people love mosaic mm-hmm. and citra. It's the trendy hop. So why am I liking mosaic, do you think? Why um, is it sticking out to me so much, knowing my palate from what you do now? Right. I would say it's it's probably mosaic has one of the more fresher tastes to it that even though and I don't mean fresh hop, I mean like uh, the hop itself, even when it's pelletized and it's used throughout the year, I think it just has such a robust flavor to it that you know you're having a hoppy beer. Like, you you, you know that it's in that beer. And I think it, it's so prominent, it stands so at the front that you can't get away from it. Right. And I think that's why. I think it's a dominating flavor. And it's a dominating pleasant flavor. And that's why people are like, yep, that's the hop I want. Do you have a thought on that, Eldon? It really balances the fruit and the pine. Um, what five years ago when the West Coast IPA was really the thing to have around here, you almost had to brush your tongue after drinking something like that. And the Mosaic Hop really introduced us into those floral and fruity 
type of notes that it's pleasant all the way through. Well, so if I'm going to practice my palate here, so I'm not getting a ton in the smell in the nose, um, but in the front end, you're right, I get the hop immediately. And then I get the very, very base lager smoothness through the middle. And then the mosaic comes back right at the back end for me, and it's saying, hey, drink me again. Hey, I'm here. And I taste it both front and back and then smooth in the middle. I almost feel like I'm drinking an IPA. But you're not. And, and you just described the way I describe IPAs, is that, that the body isn't too much, that it's clean, it's light, like a lager would be, although IPAs are an ale. Uh, and then I always want to finish with that hop flavor. This is the most... If, if, you're, if you out there are listening to this and you're an IPA drinker, this is the lager for you. Mm. This is 100% the lager for you. Absolutely. As, as somebody that doesn't drink a ton of lagers, I, ta- I taste this and I'm like, God, what, why did I wait so long to drink this beer? You know, November Fest, Master Blaster. Why didn't I get a game time? <laughs> what the hell have I been doing over here? Well, and, and, and you said floral. Eldon, and, and now that I took another sip and you, you introduced that into my head, you're right. I get that right in the front, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was I was getting. It was a flavor that I was like, oh, this is part of the hop. It's floral. Yeah, That's absolutely. what it is. It's floral. It's not overbearing in any way. No. It's uh, pleasant. It's smelling through your mouth. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's the third time now. There we go. I hope you caught it the first there time I did go. it, too. There We've we had go. a Keanu Reeves reference in every single episode of the podcast. <laughs> so apparently so we love Keanu Reeves. Apparently so. Keanu Reeves, if you're listening to this podcast, we would love to have beers with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll do. Beers are on us. Even though you make way more money than we do, beers are on us. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds can, like a podcast can, at Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> and we can... Uh, we can, uh, I don't know. We can talk Matrix. We could talk. Uh, we uh, could talk John Bill Wick. Ted, John Wick. I was going to say John Wick. I know you better like not the forget John, John Wick. Wick yeah, I've actually never seen one of those. So when Keanu, when you come on the show, apparently I'll uh, have to <laughs> catch up on the John Wick series. So there's our beer of the week this week. It is game time decision to Mosaic Lager here at Barrel Lake Brewing. Wow. This beer's great. It is great. All their beers are great. These beers have been That's great. why it was such a tough choice. Yeah, it was a really tough choice. And I'm almost kind of glad that there's no new noise on tap. Dad Beer will be back tomorrow. And uh, Dark Thoughts. Dad Beer in cans right now, though. Dark Dark Thoughts will be, be coming up soon. And Brute Squad will be coming back as well. I'm kind of almost glad those beers weren't here because I've had all those beers multiple times. That it forced me, quote unquote, forced me. Because, you know, you got to tug tug my arm to drink different (laughs) beers. Uh, But these are beers that I I didn't know you guys made. And I think they're absolutely fantastic, Elton. I think you guys are killing it. We appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for having us out. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Uh, Remember, you can find us on social media at MikeLynch27 on Twitter, at PDD085 on Instagram. And you can find the podcast, Radio.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and 1080thefan.com. We'll be back next week, 4 o'clock. On Thursday, thanks so much for listening and uh, have a good one. Deuces. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.